for joining us today. You're welcome to the first installment of the Growth Act by the Tent Makers Online Reloaded. And that's um, Dani Kerr, for those of you who only know her by name. She's our guy at the top as the startup corner. And um, she's the brain behind all we do there and even here right now. So um, we've done brief introduction. So we are going to just um, move on to what we have to do. So we have enough time to take to take questions later on. Now, we are here to discuss process documentation. And you may want to ask for, you know, what's process documentation? What do we mean by process documentation? Process documentation is simply putting down a description of how you execute your business process. Either you are a producer, you are a maker, or you are a service-oriented business, you should have a list, so to say, because it is important that the document is also simple and easy to follow. Because um, if you have ever found yourself feeling tired from day to day, feeling like, oh, I couldn't post adverts online because I had to answer somebody's uh, request, I had to bake all day, so I could not go to, you know, get my generator from the repairer, or, you know, things are falling down the drain, things are falling out of the loop because you are doing so much for your business and there's still your personal life to handle. It's not, um, it's not, it's not a sad thing, it's not something that should get you discouraged or worried. It simply means your business is growing. There are demands, customers are asking for things, so you are you know, moving more and more. And um, it also means you need to start thinking of expanding. You need to start thinking of employing, you know. Even, I know a lot of people, are, a lot of entrepreneurs, especially when they are still working from home, I know they are scared of employing anyone like, hey, how much do I have that I'll take on that burden of paying someone every month? But the thing is, you can actually start with employing on a part-time basis, employ on a per-project basis, like, I'll call you if I have a project, would you be interested? Bam, you guys will make up your mind on that. So, what this also means for business owners is, don't rush out to employ anyone. And then, you know, you rush out, you call the person, um, I, need, I need someone to be with me, I just want you to stay at the shop. And then when you employ the person, you know, the person is staying in the shop, but you are moving like seven other parts of the business. And at a point, it's, you start to wonder that, you're, you know, the person should do more. And then when you are trying to shed load to the person, conflict will start. Because at a point, it's either the person doesn't understand what you are explaining, or the person doesn't have the skill set, or keep forgetting this, keeps forgetting that, or sometimes it even happens that the person is like, I'm sorry, please. You said you need someone to stay in the shop. You did not tell me I'll be doing deliveries. And you did not tell me, I know I know how to bake, but you did not tell me I'll, I'll join you in baking. Or you employ someone to assemble clothes after you cut them. 
But all of a sudden, you are swamped with work. There's so much to do within a short time. So you ask the person, okay, cut Mrs. Ladbaja's dress, cut Mrs. Tatamedu's trousers. And the person's like, sorry, I only work at the machine. I'm not a cutter. And, you know, these things bring conflicts. And it's all, it also reflects poorly on you because you now have to deal with staffing issues despite having so many business issues to deal with again. So one of the ways that we, we, we make sure this doesn't happen is for you to document your work processes. It is a time-tested business procedure that makes it easy for you as a business owner to onboard your staff, to hand over aspects of the business to them safely and without loss to you. Because if, um, if you employ me, like Chiwoke Yube, if you employ me and you want me to mix your baking stuff for you, what you call a tablespoon might be what I call a teaspoon. So if you ask me to put baking, baking soda in whatever I am mixing, we might end up you know, with um, a disaster, so to say, because you know, there has to be clarity. So you'll find that as we go on, you'll find that process documentation also includes pictures, screenshots, it includes, even if it's audio, whatever makes it easy for anybody to take over your business in your absence or just because you're busy and want, I want you to do this for me. And you can hand over the thing to them and you know, you go through it, this, 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 and this, and then the person can, you know, work with you profitably and it won't result into issues later on. So um, let's have a documentation, a definition of process documentation. My, doc, my definition is that it means that the business owner writes out documents, writes out documents that state the steps that she takes to get to the finished product or to satisfy their customer. It can start from the moment a client makes first contact with the business until the client needs after sales services. Now, advantages of using a, of creating a process documentation guide is once you notice your business is growing, you need it because the, 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 you are in business to grow. You are not in business to stay warm and just doing something by the corner. You want to grow, you want to hire maybe a workshop, you know, everybody. So as your business grows, it's more complex. And the complexity means things are likely to, you know, drop out of the loop. Things are likely to go wrong and every So first step, you take to processes down. So if you have five members of staff, you will see a, a remarkable difference in the efficiency they offer you when you give them a process document. Because um, people can be distracted and people can be focused. But there's nothing like people knowing what is exactly what is expected of them to do and which makes it easier for them to do it. So it is a guide that aids efficiently. Creately says it, it helps employees at all levels, including those who make decisions and those who are simply stakeholders in 
you know, every unit. Sometimes um, um, you may need to even, those who do deliveries for you, even though they are just, you know, they belong to another business, you are just hiring them to handle your own deliveries. You may insist with the company that you are registering with that there's a particular way you want your stuff delivered. There's a particular way you want your customers addressed, especially if you are selling high-end products. You don't want delivery people who are rude, who flash customers to get their addresses or to tell them I'm outside or something. So your stakeholders also need to understand your company processes. And these are the, if, if, even if you don't write it down, you just may, you know, you may not remember at the point, needs to, and it's better said at the own points, like when you're just employing me, better you me know that you never ever take any rudeness to your customer. Neither will you like it if any customer has to, you know, maybe um, buy something and then the customer asks for a, um, a nylon or something to pack the stuff they bought. And I just, you know, I say, take, take the nylon. I don't offer to help them put it myself. All those small, small things, when you're employing, you won't remember. But if you have written them out, the point of interview at the point, you know, the first week of work, it will be easy for you to let your staff know what is expected. So you guys get more efficient. You know the steps to take. You, the, 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 it's easy for the staff to also say, oh, this is why I got it wrong. So now I know I'm the guilty person. So it helps, with, it helps you with growth. It guides everyone involved in your business. It makes your business more efficient. I want you to hold those three down. I'm still going to talk more on why you should document your business processes. Now, I want to say the words you need to document, you know, and um, I said earlier that we'll use the someone's business as an example. So if every other person wants a tailored, a tailored business process documentation done for them, they can contact the tent makers. I'm sure they don't charge much. They work like NGOs, so they should be able to give you a good price to do that. So if you are going to create your business processes, you need to write down your business policy, your terms and conditions. You need to also make checklists mm, to help people to work with you. You can also offer tutorials, make the video tutorials. Imagine maybe you decide to do a market storm. Maybe you have just brought in like a large number of um, a large number of something new, and you want to go to a few markets to advertise and. So so maybe you have like 20 people but temporarily one month we market this thing and we get out. So okay, you get this, you get those who will be it's all about it. And so you know you get t-shirts for them and everything, but you need to take a proper way to you understand. Someone who is going to have power bank now cannot be hey, the same way as someone who's going to sell a 10 thousand era power bank you know there's the you know you know you need to approach like you need to know how to approach them and all of this so you can even do tutorials you can do form you do screenshots 
You can even link to other applications that you use in your businesses. For example, I use Wave for my business accounting. So if I decide um, I need a staff and I need someone who also will have to build clients, send them invoices, send them seats, send everything. If the person is not used to, either the person knows how to use Wave apps or not, I still need to let the person know how I use Wave apps. So I may decide to link to the Wave app application in my business process documentation. So the last thing is you can also choose to use um, a process map to help you out. So the first, um, let me go to the checklists now. I'm going to share my screen in a bit so that um, we use an example to see how, where we are going with this. Hello, I'm Alara Sonny, welcome. Um, and the host kindly enable screen sharing. Adenike. Hello, peace. I can also see you. The problem is that the host is a. The problem is that the host is a, is not tech savvy. Let me see what I can do. Okay, you what see on the at the foot of the task bar, you see share screen. Okay. So I think you Okay, I see that. Let me see what I was going to see if I could come to you. I can make you a host. Uh -huh. That's what I'll do. So you can do what you want. Hello, Adeniki. Hi, Hello. Hello. So, because, uh, because I've made you the host, or please confirm when you... Still working and listening, so... Okay. Okay. Okay, you're now the host, Bukola. So I think okay, so that like should make it easier. Uh -huh. Hi, peace. Um, someone has re-entered admit. So, this is the screen I want to share with you. Can you see my screen, please? I can see your face. My can you see? It says, oh. I can see your screen now. Okay, thank you. So now, um, we are going to use mostly fashion businesses because um, a fashion guru was here first. Look at this, this um, document that I have. It says designing girl dresses, girls' dresses. Now, if, if you're a fashion designer, that's I'm talking strictly on the design aspect now, you may, you know, sit and decide, okay, so what are we going to do for next collection and everything? So if you already have all of the things that you are likely to use as a des design point for each, for each aspect of the dress, 
it's easier for you to choose a design. For example, these are the options for hem length. There are options for knee, midi, ankle length. You know, you can add uh, crystals. You can choose other things as add-ons, anything, even uh, belts, you know, all those things. No, they are not called belts. I think they are called um, bias tape, right? Bias tapes. So, you know, all those things are add-ons that you can add to the hem length, you put it. What can you use, you know, closures, belts, kinikon, kinikon. For the neck, what kind of neck can I use? For the lining, what kind of lining? For the side seams, can we put pockets? Can we have flowers, lace bows, or simply Velcro? You know, for the silhouette, what kind of silhouette? I make it, you know, just we are going to make a line, or we want, you know, a full silhouette, like um, a wedding dress, you know, then you look at sleeves, you look at sleeves, you look at your sleeve type, will it have top, uh, top stitching, will it have a waistline, you know, and then you can move on to fabric type. Now, this is something I developed for my old uh, business. When I was going to divert into girls' dresses, so, for example, the first design is in yellow. You see it, I named it Girl's Shift Dress. I'm going to make it bigger to make sure everyone can see. So, for the Girl's Shift Dress, we can, you know, have options, design points. Look at my options. You understand? I, I didn't forget my closures. I decided on a button from the neck down. I decided to use button six inches down. You understand? You know, you, you have to think of how whoever is going to wear the clothes will get into the clothes safely and how they will get out easily without feeling stressed. All of those things go into fashion designing before the beautiful um, drawings that you eventually see. So, you know, I was going to do this with jeans as my chosen fabric type. I think I was going to use soft denim. I never got around to doing it anyway, but I was going to do all of that. Now, if I have this and I have made sure that I always use it personally, but by the time I, okay, we are going to go offline soon. Please kindly re-log in. Kindly re-log in, we go, we go offline soon. Once it goes offline, kindly log in again. You know, we are using the free version, so we don't have options but to spend it. So anyway. It looks, like, it looks like Zoom said they will give us a gift, but let's see. All right. Okay, let's see. Okay, so... Um, the first person that logged on, I want you to um, ask me a question. I think that was Chingwe okay, right? Correct. Was Chingwe okay? Okay, thank you. Chingwe okay, please ask a question concerning this document you are looking at. Uh, 
I'm looking at the document. Do you have anything like this? No, I don't. Okay, as you are looking at it, does it seem like something that will help you out? Uh, I believe so, but probably not for me. Probably when I start adding on new people, when I, if I start having new staff, mm. presently I work okay. okay, so you can see the, the functionality when you need to hand over to other people, Abby? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, okay, beautiful. Yes, yes, exactly. Like a description card of what the customer wants. Yes, you can use you can create a description card. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Okay, so thank you. I can see the value you are getting from it. So um so as we were saying, we we have to Stop screen sharing now, so I can move to. Hello. Everyone here. I can't hear anything or see anything. Can see you. I can hear you too. Okay. I'm so sorry. I thought the meeting cut off. So I was just waiting for my Zoom to reload. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so I can hear you. Thank you very much for the feedback. So moving on. That's an example of a, a, I don't want to call it a checklist. That's an example of a form that you can use to make sure your client's um, needs and um, everything is met. So we've run through the why of creating your documents. Now, who can create a document? The best person to create it is the process owner, and that's the business owner. Because you, are the, you started this business, you know the things you do that satisfy your clients, and you know the steps you take. You know everybody has trade secrets. You, you know those things that you will not tell other people about your business because that's your edge. It's your edge that makes people keep coming back. So you are the process owner. You are the best person to to do the duties to, to document. Now, you depending on the size of your business, like I said, some of you may have staff already. If you have someone who's like your administration, you know, you know, you know those people that will say, ah, these are my eyes so when I'm not around. This person is my eyes, and I trust the person, and the person delivers all the time. Such a person can also help you create the document. 
or I have a technical create the documents for you. You sit with the technical writer, they ask all the questions, and then you guys will finalize. And a technical writer will, will help you simplify. You understand? Because it is very, very important for to have simple documents that the most reasonable, you know, can and follow through on. So, and have techniques to do it for you or to hold your hand through the process. Because um, it also involves, you know, you need to define your mission, your vision, your goals, the time you to get clients to, you know, to even make inquiries and then some will eventually buy your KPIs, your measures, and then you, you understand when you create the documents along with whoever you did it with, or even by yourself, you can measure, you know, as you are doing it, you realize some things you do, they are not efficient, they are not even needed. Why do I even do this? Okay, let me cut it out and instead just move on to this. And then you do that. And because you have documented it, you find that the next time you attend it to a client, you want to, you know, skip that process. And the feedback will now make you understand, oh, so this is why I used to do this, then I need to put it back in. Or see, I knew I wouldn't miss it. It was just wasting my time or, to, or it was just me wasting my money or whatever. An example is if, if you use, let's say you use a bubble wrap for your clients, they order a book from Adenike, she feels, let me just, you know, instead of a normal, maybe paper bag or nylon bag, she gets bubble wrap. That's more expensive. Why is she doing that? When she's still going to give the, the book to a dispatch rider, who is still keeping his box, it's not like he's going to put it on top of his legs while riding. So you understand? So she looks at that and she's like, was it that I just had excess bubble wrap or what? So she stops using a bubble wrap. But someone who sells something fragile, maybe glassware, cannot afford to even think like that at all. You understand? You, you know you, you are selling something fragile. So if you decide to remove bubble wraps in favor of paper bags or cartons, you have to, you know, with seriousness, watch your next sales. Did anything get broken? Did anything crack? Do I need to keep buying bubble wraps even though they are more expensive? You understand, process documentation will help you answer the core questions that may save you money, may save you time, and you know, may mean that you don't talk too much when you have um, staff. So how do we do this process documentation? The first step is to identify and name the process. I shared the screen for a fashion design for girls' dresses, it's just, Girls' dresses is just one aspect of what you can do as a fashion designer. You can decide to do women's dress, so you know, skirts, trousers, that, there's so much you can do. So girls' dresses is just one document out of how many other services you offer. So you need to name that, identify it and name it. Then you figure out the process. Oh, when I get an order to make a girl's dress, these are the questions I ask. These are the needs from the client bringing fabric or getting from my store or the clients who insist we do, um, I get something else from the market. You need to know all of those things. Do you 
take your money upfront? Do you have a certain percentage you need to collect upfront? Um, do you ever, ever use ABBA zips or you insist all my zips for my dresses have to be Patrick Ayonski? I don't care how much they cost. I don't want to know. All I know is I'm making beautiful dresses and I'm not going to let any defective zip to spoil them. That used to be me, by the way. I would always buy my zips from Patrick Ayonski because I, I, I enjoyed using um, that invisible zip. So I had to just make sure I didn't buy those ones that disappoint clients. Maybe it's when they are going to a wedding that the thing will just go bad or something. So identify and name your process. Determine the purpose. Why? Why was I insisting Because imagine it just goes as at 2012, I was charging 10k for dresses. Man, if someone thank you for from me, and then you disappoint on the first wearing or second wearing, voila me. So I had to. That's my purpose. It's not like um, it wasn't vanity. It was also you can trust Patrick Ayonski zips, even though they cost four times more. So determine your purpose. You then you. Provide a brief description for, for the process, you understand? And then you can now do an outline. You can do a step-by-step. -step. I'll still show you a step-by-step -step description of how you can do your... So moving on, you also define the scope of the process. One of the ways to define it is by us naming it. I said naming it earlier. So naming it helps you to know this is what I'm doing. I'm just only writing about girls' dresses. So it helps you to say this is the process we take at no, um, NLY Fashion Design Nigeria Limited in order to, col uh, to collect a commission from a client to make dresses for their girls and blah, blah, blah. That is your definition. It's not anything tedious. So also you need to explain your process boundaries. Where does the process begin? Where does it end? What causes it, causes it to start? For entrepreneurs, of course, once um, a client gets in touch, a process has begun. Don't expect okay, your sorry. client to run after you. Sorry to butt in, Madam Ade, because it seems like there's someone in the waiting room that you need to let in. Okay, sorry about that. I, um, let me see. I need to return to the meetings. Hold on. Hello, Anne Samuel, are you in now? Any social media or even a phone call or email and says, I would like to edit a book, even if that's the only sentence, I should always know the next thing to say in order to keep the conversation going. You know, because sometimes when you, you start the chat, then it seems the person is not talking. And then as, a, as an entrepreneur, you are, you are like, does this person even need my business? I beg talk if you need something, John. No, don't do that. Don't do that. You should always know what to say to jumpstart the process. If, if you bake and someone says, um, 
Good afternoon, I would like a cake. It is not enough for you to say what kind of cake. Please, it is not enough. It is even better to say, oh, welcome. We make so many different kinds of cake. What's the occasion you are celebrating? So the person will tell you, oh, I'm not celebrating. I just want to buy a cake for my friend. It's her birthday and I just, oh, lovely. We have many kinds of um, birthday cakes. Would you like fondants? Would you like this? And you know, the person maybe gets distracted at the other end because you don't know what's that with the person. Maybe the person is busy. So it's easier for you to just say, okay, you already know it's a birthday cake, right? You get your pictures ready. Pam, pam, two, three pictures you send to the person and be like, okay, this one is color yellow because likes uh, color yellow or likes uh, kidinko, kidinko. do you know your friends favorites it's easier for the person to answer a direct question than for you to maybe just send the photos and they'll say choose one that's mechanical it's not warm you are not you know making the person feel like oh you are welcome we are in this together we have to work this thing out to make sure your friend gets the best kind of cake you know and if the warmth is not there for somebody who already cannot see your face is only hearing your voice or is only reading a chat if the person is in a bad mood he's going to read that chat in a bad mood if the person is in a good mood she's going to read that in a good mood but do you want to leave it to chance do you want to guess the mood or i saw some clothes you put on whatsapp or on instagram so once you have something like that it's easier for you to say yes we do do you like jeans dresses or do you prefer soft fabrics that would, you know just sit on your body or or are you taking it, are you wearing it for an occasion? Because I can recommend some very, very good lace, Ankara, or whatever. That's, if, if you're um, an introvert like me, you have to get out of your own, um, your comfort zone. You have to learn to get out of your comfort zone and move to where you can tell, you know, you can take charge of the process so your process boundaries where does it start you say once i get an inquiry my process starts how do you know when your process is done when the customer has um confirmed delivery my process stops some persons will say no my process doesn't stop when delivery is done no my process stops when i've been able to extract feedback from this person some will say, oh, my process doesn't stop because I, off I offer unlimited reviews. If I, if I edit your book, if you keep coming back like, see, Madam Editor Buki, you see that one paragraph in that 500 pages of book, there's just one paragraph I don't understand. My process continues. I offer unlimited reviews. We'll look at it together and, you know, we keep deciding. We keep deciding. I used to offer just three reviews after the initial work is done and i've gotten my full payment you can only come back to me three times but something nasty well i'm not calling nasty but it was really painful for me then because the author went and decided she wanted to add one more chapter or something just kept you know inserting text everywhere and 
And then she took it out like that. And people were like, why didn't you edit this book? And she was like, she has edited it. And for me, that's her background. You don't bring that to me. So I asked her, why didn't you come back? Like, I don't want to stress you. I said, I insist on a certain amount of money. You have already distressed. You understand? So me, until book is published. Once I see your book in either um, online soft copy or I see it in print, then I can say my process with this client has ended. And also at that point, I, I assume it's part of my business policy, my terms and conditions. Once you publish, I don't have to keep any copy of your book with me. I can delete all your copies. I have no, I have no legal or moral obligation right. to help you keep copies of your work. So that one is also there. Another, I'm sorry about this um, keeping people waiting, but it doesn't show up on time with me. So one has shown now, but the button to admit the person is still not showing. So I'm going to have to follow Denike's um, advice to, to make her the admin. I think it's easier from her end. Okay. Okay. It assists again. Just hold on, I'll, do, I'll check it again. So once you know your process boundaries, you identify your outputs. I'm a dressmaker. What's my output? It's not the fabric the client brings or the fabric the client buys from me. No, it is the fully made dress, wearable without any need for alteration. That is my process output. I am a, I, 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 um, I'm a skin care specialist or hair care specialist. What's my process output? I've analyzed my client's skin or hair and I, we've determined the treatment, the cost of treatment. And so my process output is number one, the product I mix for the person to help them get the kind of skin they want or hair they want. And then eventually my process output is when the person's um, skin blemishes that she complained about is gone or when the hair is now looking healthier. You understand? So you need to identify your process output. Then you now list your process inputs. What resources do you need to carry it out? So someone has ordered for cake now. I want, I don't want icing on my cake. I just want a cake I can put in the freezer and eat, and eat whenever I feel peckish. So I want you to make me chocolate cake with raisin with lots of rum. Kiniko, kiniko. So when you are making that process input, you know you're buying raisins, you're buying rum, you know, chocolate, flour, all those things. So identify your process imputes also to you know so in the future when is not we go to the markets all the time thing you now have all those things in your store you now have a store manager and then you now have bakers you have master baker you have bakers under them so when they are you know putting in requests for items to be brought out of the store for them your store attendants can look at your store manager can look at Okay, so you people want to make four fondant cakes. Why are you asking for this? It's not part of 
what you need for. So they'll tell the person, no, out of the fondant cake, we are making so-so flavors, so-so flavors. You know, everything is neatly spelled out. Nobody is afraid that someone is trying to take something out of the store that they don't need. You understand? So all those things are why big companies always, always in some process documentation and why it will help your growth if you start your process documentation on time. So I still can't see the person's... Um... Okay, now I know my Zoom is really, really challenged. Um, I'm holding on, but in order not to keep others waiting. So you describe who is involved, you know, all these things you need to visualize, you brainstorm. Then the most important thing for me, after the first three things I explained, is for you to organize your steps sequentially. The way those things will be carried out, organize it on paper that way. And I'm going to... Oh my God, I need to share my screen again. Let me try. Okay. Um, I've made, yes. Denike, you are now the host, please. Denike. You are now the host, please. So I want to share my screen for you to see a list um, okay, that I made um, in sequential way in which you would make a dress. I can share that with us now. If you're a dressmaker and you don't use that sequence, of course, you can always um, adjust. This particular one was designed for people who work with paper patterns and it assumes you've already done your pattern cutting. So, okay. Can I know? Yes, please. I think the screen is blank here. No. I can't see your face and I can't see your screen. Post disabled screen sharing. It's still not on. So let me read it while Denike helps us to sort that. I'm going to just read out. So I changed this setting so that everybody can share their screen. No, it says disabled uh, participant screen sharing. Uh, please confirm. Okay, let me can go. you share now? Okay. Hold on. Hey, work. Oh, yeah. Yes, I work for Matayo. Oh, Matayo. Oh, who is a dressmaker and uses pattern to make addresses. Now, this is a dressmaking process to clear, clear cutting table. Can you see my screen now? It's yet to share. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, to share, share. 
you clear your cutting, clear cutting table, lay out fabric, wrong side out. You understand? The person even reminded herself that don't cut on the right face of the fabric. Um, cut on the wrong side. Lay pattern. Trace out pattern with chalk pencil. Remove patterns and return to hanger. Now, this and return to hanger is, is, is not a dressmaking process, but it's, it's important because, you know, we use paper patterns here. So it's a way of also saying the person should not just remove the pattern, push it to one side, which may, you know, the pattern start getting wrinkles, start getting cut, accidental this, accidental that, you lose the hours that you have spent to make that particular pattern. So, you know, just to be careful, remove patterns and return to hanger. Cut fabric along chalk lines, notch that. The first thing the person does is to, sorry, you notch that, put matching thread colors on machine, sew that, then sew pockets and other embellishments and iron. Now, if you look at the next steps, you see a lot of an iron, sew zip iron, fuse stays and interlinings. Fusing is still iron, that's you fuse your stay to your fabric, then join sleeves and iron, sew the sides and iron, sew neckline or attach lining and iron, sew sleeve hems and dresses, and dress hem and iron, hang the dress overnight to allow it to droop, then iron again the next day. Now, this, this, these are the steps that someone takes to say, this is how I go about making my dresses. So you, Buki, that have come to join me to make, maybe I got a commission to make 30 dresses in one week. So now I've employed three people. Let's all do this thing together. I don't have time to be watching what you are doing. I also have my own to do now. You understand? We've shared the dresses out. I don't, you get, I don't want to, I want everybody's work to be obvious. So we know who is not getting paid and we know who is buying the client's clothes back. So it's not like you, you, we are not doing it in a uh, machine line kind of thing as it's done in factories. Each person is making a dress. But you, as the person that employed them, you also don't have the time to monitor them. Isn't this a beautiful way to let them know, I beg, step by step. Don't tell me it's because there was one uh, tea set or, um, or there was one um, ruler or there was another scissors on the table. That's why when you were cutting, the dress now shifted. That's why the something now something mm -mm. clear cutting table you have permit you have my permission to drag everything off the table on the floor as long as it helps you achieve what you want to do clear your cutting table my first step lay out the fabric on the wrong side out lay your pattern don't cut with the pattern still on the clothes now i know some people do it but this person has said i don't want it if you do it with your clients, I don't want to do it. I know how much I bill for patterns and I know I promised my clients they will not have to pay for pattern making again. So I take good care of patterns. Trace out the pattern after you have laid the pattern and you know, keep the pattern well. Remove it and go and hang it back or you know, fold it back, whatever way. So this is the step-by-step -step process documentation 
for 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 the step in which i said organize the steps sequentially so you take the list of steps you've come up with and you put them in a sequential order you know that's your process flow you can put them you understand all those uh, mapping and everything but whatever you do make sure you do what will help someone to help to work with you very well which is the most important thing so the next step is also to describe who is involved for example, my master baker does not mix or is only the master baker that mixes. You understand? My, my machinist does not cut. I don't want the machinist to cut for me. I don't believe they should cut. You, know, you need to know who is in charge. Or, fine, I know I employed you and said we'll be making clothes together. But I actually would prefer to do zips myself. I don't want zips that will be doing for Montello along the way. You know, you need to, and you need to know why you did that. You need to know why you are saying such a person will do this, such a person cannot do this. So you define roles, you keep all those things in mind. It's not, it's not really about job title. All employers are saying that now. They know it's not about job title and all of that. So in a way, in all of these things, you still have to remember to keep it simple. Keep things simple so that whoever wants to look at it, which is why I favor lists. I love lists. Just bullet point it for me so I know which point I am at and which one I have done. And everybody is happy. So moving on now, if there's exception, to your normal process flow, you need to note it down. I use the example of a client that asks for plenty rum in a chocolate cake. Now, if normally when you bake, you don't use rum in your chocolate cake, you know, when the exception occurs, there needs to be a space for you to be noted that clients may request so, so thing. Of course, there's a limit to what clients can request, so your exception list cannot be too much. So, those things are also there. Mention the, your exceptions and the steps to take to address them. Or maybe, you know, sometimes you say, if it's my sister that wants to make her clothes, make sure you people don't use my expensive lining for her. Go and buy that nylon lining and use it for her because she will not pay. You know, all those things, you need to know how to put it in place. You also add your control points, the things that will make sure that if usually we always join from move the way from this so for example anyway let me continue for example if usually when you make dresses for people you just simply join the lining at the neckline making sure to have that one mm two mm sun in of the fabric so that the lining doesn't pop out when the person is active maybe that's what you normally do but the particular um person that just joined your team and the person feels no now we should be able to do facing let's do facing for the neck facing is fine it's better than lining and it doesn't pop out you you need to be able to control for those things you need to be able to say no we know this is risky or oh this is fine we can do this but we don't know if you are able to do it expertly so let's just leave it alone. So 
Also, at every point, maybe you just pop into your workstation, you pop into your shop, and you see the people walking, and someone, you see someone, you know, fixing a zip, and you see her dragging with the machine. You understand? At that point, you're able to know something about is about to go wrong. This is risky. It can I can lose or lose part of the clothes, or you know. Or this zip may not come out really flat and fine. So you need to be able to control. You tell the person, but you already know that once your zip, your machine and your zip have started fighting, you don't argue with them. Stand up, go and iron that zip. Iron your zip. Iron your the allowance you left for the iron the allowance you left for the zip, and then go back. You understand that's a control. That's a way to control it. That's a way to also measure when things are about to go wrong. So you minimize damage, which is why you have the documents in the first place to help you minimize damage. So you also have to review and test your process. If you are the only one still working on your business, then you have to be conscious Every time you're attending to clients, remember, oh, I wrote this down that this is what we do at this stage. So let me let me see if it works. If it doesn't work, note it down. Go back to your documents, you know, note what doesn't work, note what works. If you already have a few people working with you, do the same thing. One Monday morning, well, if you do Monday morning meetings, meetings, gather everybody together. This is what's going to happen. Let's discuss this. Okay, Mr. Akiniko, when you're mixing the flour, when do you, when you're cutting this, when do you, should we, you understand, ask the right questions, they give you feedback and everybody will tell you. When you told us that whenever we're on delivery, we should always uh, do this and that, I don't think it's going to work for all clients. This is my experience. And then you guys can, at another meeting, look at that and say, okay, why don't we include, why don't we remove? So those are the things that we all need to know in order to, to have a perfect process documentation check. Now we're going to move on to the next stage. I'm going to now ask everyone to ask any questions they have. Do you have any questions? Yes, Madam Grace, I can see your hand up. Sorry, please, yeah. uh, you will give me some few minutes to go off. Okay. okay. And I think I will join you people back soon. Okay, no problem. I have to attend to something very quickly. Okay, no problem. So, Thank you. questions please. I'm not putting up. Um, I, let me make a note of something you said earlier on. Okay. You talked about uh, feedbacks. Yes. You know, sometimes some people, with even with their feedbacks, some people are reluctant to 
to to work on feedbacks because they feel they are good and because of feedbacks they've gotten before they don't want to work on recent feedbacks okay and okay. i love to hear people give me feedbacks and then okay. some some of us feel because i love to eat pepper you now make okay. everything you are cooking for others pepperish okay now at that point i believe you are not working for yourself you are working for someone else yes like some people i had an experience recently and the woman felt because she's a caterer and every vegetable have to be pepperish she made that particular vegetable extremely pepperish and the guests could not eat that hmm. called her attention to it and i told her i said madam this food is too pepperish mm -hmm. you have elderly people here and they don't love pepper and surprisingly i was shocked at her reaction and she said i'm not a kesha why should i talk to her that way and you know i had her to finish blabbing and when she finished i said first of all whoever gave you this contract knows that a lot of people are going to be involved okay. and i'm your guest and because i'm your guest i should be able to give you feedback on what you have done whether good or bad and yes. she said yes we accept that but she will not accept the fact that i am telling her what to do i told them I'm not, yes i'm sorry i'm not telling you what to do i'm only giving you i'm only giving you an idea of what is supposed to be to improve i know she she fled yes to improve and she fled up and she made a lot of comments and somebody that knew me there and came and told her ah <laughs> you don't know she's a caterer and i was shocked at her reaction now why feedbacks are so important is the fact that it makes you better yes it makes you a better person to your customers to your clients and even to your business yes and i want to make a point that when you don't get feedback on any products you handle then there's a problem sure so when you talked about feedback i i actually it actually made sense to me and i was like yes i think this is one of the major things because feedback make you effort more correct and it motivates you yeah and when you cannot actually get something that will motivate you then i think there's a problem behind it i agree Okay. I, will, I will want to say that maybe you make more emphasis on this feedback yes. and then people should learn to take correction so that we can all grow mm -hmm. when you can take corrections it makes you grow mm -hmm. so please i will emphasize that you make more emphasis yes. on that feedback. I, I agree accepting accepting that you are wrong accepting you are right accepting to move forward and accepting to be a better business person yeah 
Adenike, I think you could organize um, a seminar for us on managing on, feedback on managing effectively. Feedback. You actually, yeah. you actually hit it. Maybe it's Madame Anne that is going to handle that session. Maybe yeah, that's the it's, session. It's important. Maybe that's we need session. to have the ability to accept, you know, and to the same way we handle clients, even if the person did not buy from us and decides to say, see, this, that, you need, you need diplomacy, you need humility, you understand? So thank for your comments, Madam. So any questions? I actually want to make a comment. I want to make, okay, I want to make a comment on the importance of documenting your processes. Um, okay. um, I run risk workshops. No, apologies for the background noise. I hope you all can hear me. And uh, one of the things, yeah. sometimes the, one of the ways by which we identify hazards, for example, in your work processes, we, we want you to go through the steps you have to go through. Then we are going line by line to see, oh, when you are cutting the, when you have to cut, what hazards are you exposed to at that time? So it also helps in those ways. It helps you, for example, if you have to check where you are losing money, you can go through step by step and see, oh, in there I can eliminate this process, for example. Or like Bukola kind of picked up that you are putting bubble wraps, then you ask yourself, why am I using bubble wraps? Can I save money by actually discarding them as am I going to lose anything by removing the bubble wraps? So those, documenting your process is good because sometimes the fear is that you don't want someone else to know what you do so that they won't go and copy it. But sometimes it's good for you. Then maybe, for example, you have to train others, maybe just regular training, not that they're even working for you. You can also use the step-by-step -step that you've done in training. So as much as, so I think there are many, many uses of uh, process documentation beyond the examples that were given. That's all I wanted to say. Thank you. And the training aspect too that you mentioned is very, very key. You know, when you're preparing your training materials, that process documentation will help. It will help. So anyone have any question? Maybe you want to ask something specific to your business. Um, hello. Hello, ma'am. Yeah, and this is Samalara Sony. Thanks so much for doing this, Bukola and Adenike. It's um, so Thank timely you. for me because I'm about to hire. Okay. So I'm following it keenly. So this, um, this point came up in my mind as I was listening to you. Like, okay, um, we list all these processes. And um, as soon as uh, somebody comes into the business, we let them know they have to follow everything. So what, um, what impact do you think this would have? Or what impact will this have on um, employees uh, uh, taking initiatives and, um, you know, they're, 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 as entrepreneurs, we have our processes and they're working for us. But I want to believe that uh, once, sometimes there would be a better way of doing things than what you have been used to in your business. 
And this person that is coming to join you, whether an employee or somebody just coming to collaborate with you, they also have their own ways of doing things. So I would say that I mean, as much as we, in order to have order, we put these processes in place and let them know they are, that's what they are to follow. I think there should also be communication lines, at least should be very open so that um, if they are coming with a different idea of doing things, we can at least uh, consider it and weigh the merits of um, adopting or adapting our own processes to a better process when such comes along. Uh oh our teacher has gone. Mm, I think it's just a network. Okay. She, I, she, I saw she left the meeting now. But that's the point I wanted to make sure. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if Nika is there. Uh, yes, I am. So I'll hold the floor till uh, Bukola comes back. I'll hold the floor. Okay. Okay. So uh, your question, I'm recording. So she probably will be able to, if we are not able to attend to your questions today, we'll attend to them later. But uh, to respond to what Omolara said, mm -hmm. I've worked with a couple of, uh, I actually work in a company where we have documented processes. But to address the points Omolara has raised, we have what we call the process improvement uh, systems. So if you have an idea, a brilliant idea on something that can be done better or whatever, you put it into the system, you write it up, and then the people that are the process owners of whatever process you want to change will review what you're bringing on board. They will think through it, see the merits, the merits. So like, you know, I'm actually an engineer. If I'm bringing something new, someone is going to have to validate the software, for example. They will, it will go through a process. So it's not just, oh, I had a brainwave. Let's do it. You will take time. We'll think through it. We'll see if, we, if there's merit. Because um, one challenge we typically have is that when the clients come to you, they came to handmade for uh, uh, handmade Nigeria. And the reason why they came to handmade is because they know handmade has a quality assurance process. So they expect that. So if they come to that brilliant idea that's worked, that worked in Korea and she brings it to Nigeria and it kind of feels handmade Nigeria, your brand is going to be impacted by my brilliant idea. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. while we want to give room for creativity, we want to be sure that that creativity is done carefully. As in it is so people think about it. So it's not like, and then so again, one of the things we do is that we let everybody, everybody in the shop floor. Because sometimes, you know, you just bring in the people that you consider to be the managers. They're usually the ones that you're asking questions. But most times, the people that see and feel are usually the ones, maybe the front desk lady, person at the front desk saw the man that came in and he had a nasty comment about the way your TV is aligned. Oh, I think Bukola has come back. So uh, I've admitted her. Welcome back, Bukola, while she's on muting. Uh, so, uh, so another thing is that you make sure that the process is such that it is open to all. Welcome, Bukola. I was holding the fort for you while you were away. So you are owing me. <laughs> okay, so she hasn't unmuted yet. Uh, okay, Thank so, you. Yeah. I was wondering what went wrong. <laughs> 
Okay, the last thing I heard was um, Lara Sonny asking about employing someone and making sure um, our process document doesn't um, hinder doesn't their creativity. Am I right? Um, yeah. Yes, yes. Okay, has Denika answered that? Oh, yes, she gave an yes. example from her place of work, which, um, which, is, very, which is a very good um, way to address such an issue before it comes up. <clears throat> it's basically, <clears throat> excuse me, basically keeping communication lines open, like having process document reviews or something like that, where people yeah. can now talk about what has been happening as they've been using the process. That's exactly what I'm talking about. So let's not, I mean, so we, we, we're not just so rigid with the processes and like, no, don't do yeah. that. Yes. In fact, they should also be addressed at staff meetings it, yeah. so that they can share what their experiences are like. Mm, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Thank then, you. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Grace's hand has been raised up since. I don't know if she has a question. I think maybe the thing just happened that she left it or something. Oh, all right. And okay, uh, then, um, maybe I, I want to add a little to okay. that. Uh, like, um, you, you are bringing in new employees for the first time. For me, I think you should just have an open mind and um, give them the grace, making them feel you don't even know what you are here for. Some people, when they see that you, you are extremely bossy, there's a lot of people away. That's one. Then you, you allow them to have an open mind to what they are about to start. Like um, Nika said, communication. Communication is something that kills business. If you are not able to communicate very well, sincerely, it will run you down. So for bringing in people first, starting something that they don't know anything about, maybe you should just put yourself on the same page with them. And don't show, I, I know it all. Because it's something that you need grace and wisdom to handle. And for me, if you are able to have an open mind and make them feel we are one. Then yes. later we cannot we cannot adjust, and then everybody yes. begins to know who the boss is. Open mind to communication is wonderful. It's very wonderful. I must say, open mind to communication, not just communication. Open mind to communication. All of us are free. We are free to talk to each other. They are free to come to you when they don't understand something. They are free to ask questions. But if you start on the wrong note, it will continue that way. But if you start on the 